kingdom of God. It's what we're talking about in our series, the kingdom of God. And I've defined the kingdom of God as the realm in which God is in dominion and his will is fulfilled. The realm in which God is in dominion and his will is fulfilled. And to define it a little bit farther in Texas lingo, it's God's way of doing and being right. God's kingdom is His way of doing, His way of thinking and operating and doing it that way. That's the kingdom of God. And when you do God's, when, when you think like God and you do as God says do, then you get the results that God gets. Yeah, we get the results that God gets. So I want to go through some of the foundational verses that we've been looking at in the last few weeks. And then I've got something I want to give you and drive home today. Luke chapter 12 and verse 29. And I do not seek what, and, and he says, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you have need of all these things that the nations of the world seek after. But seek the kingdom of God. In other words, God's way of thinking and operating and doing. Seek that. And we're going to actually read the Matthew passage in a moment that talks about seek the kingdom first. But seek the kingdom of God. And he said, all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When you seek the kingdom first, one in the last few weeks, one of the translations from another translation of the Bible said that that He would add those things to you. He would cause them to flow over into you. Everything that you need in life will come your way and be poured into your life as you seek His way of doing and operating first. Everything else will come. Everything else will manifest in your life that you need. When you think about it, life is full of all these things that want to distract us. Well, you know, Pastor, we, we, you know, we've got to make a living. You know, I've got, got, got to make a living. I gotta, you know, you're saying don't seek after those kind of things because you can put anything in there. Anything that's in the natural, you can, you can put in there. But you know, Pastor, I, I mean, I've got I to make a living. I've got to pay my bills. I've got to do all these things. But actually, the Bible doesn't talk about making a living. The Bible talks about living in and under the blessing of God. See, that's his way of thinking. See, when, when I say God, the Bible doesn't say that anything about making a living, you know, that, that, that can shut your mind totally off. 
because of the way you've been taught. I didn't say the Bible didn't say work. I said the Bible didn't say anything about having a mindset that I have to make a living. Doesn't say anything about it. But what the Bible does talk about is me seeking His kingdom, His way of doing and operating. How do you do that? Only through the Word of God. And then the Word of God revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Only. The only way. And, the, and then the Bible talks about hearing from God, then doing what God says, and then being blessed at what you do in ways where things get poured on you or things come in different directions to your life to meet all the needs of your life. God wants to be the need meter. He wants to be the one that brings to pass all of your heart's desires. But when you're wearing yourself out, notice in, in this passage it says, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. When the blessing comes on what you do, on your businesses, your jobs, the places that you work, when the blessing is on you because you're seeking the kingdom, the blessing comes with no anxiety. No fretfulness. Oh my God, how are we going to handle this? See, when you're in it, when you're in charge, then you remove God out of the equation and you're on your own. <laughs> I'm just telling you today, I've been on my own <laughs> and that's scary. <laughs> hmm? I'm going to say it again, that's scary. You can have tons of possessions or no possessions, and it's scary. Some of the most fretful people I know are multi, 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 multi-millionaires. Some of the most fretful people I know. Why would we want to be wealthy and have things and not be able to enjoy them? Because we're anxious and we're fretting all the time for the things we have. People just think, you know, well, you know, that person doesn't have anything and so they're stressed and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I think sometimes people with nothing stress less than people to with. I'm telling you, it takes a lot of faith to have. For you to increase in your life and be blessed and be on top of situations, it takes faith. It takes a lot of faith. That's why there's not, there's not more people up here than there is down here. Because a lot of times people are afraid to prosper. But man, when you're in the kingdom and the blessing is on your life. You know, the Bible, I'll just give you these two or three quotes about what the Bible says about the blessing. The Bible says the blessing makes you rich and there's no sorrow that's added to you. The blessing of God that comes on you as a tither and a seed sower that said that blessing causes window, the windows of heaven to be open. And that blessing being poured out on you that there's not room enough to receive and contain. That's part of the blessing and the, and the understanding of God's kingdom. Well, you have to understand how that operates. You know, it's not, okay, I'm going to honor God with my tithe and now where's the money? It doesn't work that way. 
Because you begin to tithe to be convinced that the tithe belongs to God and you honor Him with it because it's His. And until you become convinced of that, you're, you're, you're going through the motions of it. And I tell people a lot of time, come, become convinced of it before you do it. Don't be under the pressure of thinking, oh, well, everybody else is doing that, so I bet. No, 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 no. Because it doesn't work. Because, see, God's not after your money. He's after your heart. And when you can have your heart and then you do it out of obedience and the windows of heaven are open and blessing is being poured out on you, there's not room enough to receive and people are seeing what's happening, then you're able to tell, well, it has nothing to do really with me. And it doesn't mean you don't know anything and you're not successful and you don't have stuff in your life, but you give the glory to God because it's because of Him. Because I'm learning how to think like Him and do as He does. Instead of these old habits Well, my granddad did that, you know, and he worked himself into the ground, and that's what my dad did, you know. All my growing up, my father's a great man. He's 87 years old today. Thank God for him. But he he worked six and a half days a week. Six and a half days a week. Flew around the country, other other countries, playing golf and doing all the things that he did. I mean, I, I think the reason I played golf is so I could be around him. That's where he was, so... He was never home, sun up to sundown, you know, for however many years all my growing up. Thank God for it. You, you understand? Thank God. I mean, you know, he provided for me. He fed me. I mean, you have to be thankful for things. But it's like there was just no interaction. There was no connection. I mean, he taught me golf, you know. and I mean, I wanted lessons every week because I could be around him. But I don't want my life to be like that in the way I connect with the Father. I want to connect with the Father and and have that ongoing intimate relationship with Him to where I know that what His Word says is true and I'm on the receiving end of that. Can you say amen to it? I looked in those lights up there and now i got a red dot in my eyes. (laughs) I'm going to put these glasses on. Doesn't help a bit. (laughs) The red dot's just bigger. (laughs) It's just magnified. Amen. So Matthew 6, I want to read this. Matthew 6, it's it's the same account. That was Luke's account. This is Matthew's account. But I'm going to read a little bit extra. Verse 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Absolutely. He said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Question mark. You have to answer that. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil, nor spin, nor stress. I didn't say that, but that's what they're saying. It's not stressing about anything, right? And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory, the richest man, the most glorious person in the natural and things that he owned, no one has surpassed him, not anybody on planet earth, ever. The richest before, the richest after. 
because the Bible's true. Nobody has surpassed his wealth. And he said, Solomon in his, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if, you, now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more? Will he not much more clothe you? Will he not much more take care of your needs? Will he not much more take care of everything in your life? Because remember in Luke it said it's God's, it's, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give you whatever that you need in life. He just wants you to do it his way. There's, there's where it gets dicey. That's where, that's where it gets dicey with the Word of God. We have to do it His way. Therefore, He said, oh, let's see, no. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field today, which is, which is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying. Do not worry, saying. Oh, my gosh, how are we going to work this out? Oh, my lands, how is this going to work out? Oh, me, oh, me, oh, my, oh, my, oh, me, oh, my. And, and on and on and on. He said, don't worry saying those kind of things. Don't worry saying. Gosh, I love that statement. I love it because I've chosen to live the opposite of that. No worry saying. Have faith saying. My God meets all my need, whatever the situation is. My God heals my body in the name of Jesus. I've been healed by the, by the blood and the stripes of Jesus Christ. Do not worry saying specific things, he said. What should we eat? What should we drink? What should we wear? It, it really, you can put anything in there. For after all these things the Gentiles seek after. He goes back to what you're seeking after. For your heavenly Father knows... That you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God, God's way of doing and thinking and operating, and His righteousness, and all these things that we just talked about will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I'm just going to interject this and throw this in there. You need to be practicing every day of your life not worrying about tomorrow. How do you do that? By casting every care that you would have tomorrow onto Him. Casting the care over onto Him, how? Saying. Saying. Oh man, I, you know, I, I heard that they're going to lay us off from the job and, and, and they could fire me tomorrow. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? He said, don't worry, saying. So how do, how, how do you reverse that? Father, I heard these reports. You're going to God with this. I heard these reports about losing a job, people losing jobs here where you work. And um, Father, I just thank you today that you are my provider. Lord, you got me this job, and if they lay me off, you've already got one in, in the wings ready to come to me. Father, I rejoice and I give you glory and pray, saying with your mouth what he says. Is so that's God's kingdom. It's his way of thinking and operating. That's the way he thinks. Can you say amen to that? I mean, you know what? Listen, this kingdom thing is not that difficult. But you have to pursue the way he thinks. 
And when I do, things work out. You know what? You know, the thing about the kingdom of God is that the process for all of us is always messy. See, and a lot of us, we want things, we want things good and, you know, we don't want any problems over here. And we want to look like we're people of faith and we want to look like robots walking around. No, no, no. I mean, sometimes, you know, cuss word slips out of your mouth and, oh, I shouldn't have said that, you know, and you back up and you deal with yourself. I mean, whatever, whatever it is, you understand? I, I you know. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to waste time with that. I'll say it like this. You seek the kingdom first, and everything else will find you out. I'll say it again. You seek the kingdom first, and everything else in life will find you out. Well, Pastor, that doesn't sound, no, it doesn't. That's God's way of thinking and doing. So get rid of yours every day. That, that's a good statement right there to thank God, make it part of your daily routine. Father, <clears throat> today I come before you, I seek your kingdom. I thank you that you're working everything else out. I don't have to worry about this, that, and the other. I'm acknowledging how great you are. You meet all my needs and, and doing that daily, saying that, shuts worry down. Nothing else will shut worry down but the Word of God coming out of your mouth. Nothing else. Come on, yeah. Give God praise for that. Nothing else. Nothing else. But the Word of God coming out of your mouth. You can know the Word of God in your head. You can think about the Word of God. You know, you can... Try to meditate, but watch my head. Having that statement in my head and doing this will not make it go away. It's got to come out of my mouth. Got to come out of my mouth. Can you say amen? amen. So, I'll, I'll, in, in the time we have left, I want to look at a couple things that have to do with this kingdom principle of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping, but I want to focus on the word giving and the word receiving, <clears throat> being the kingdom principle. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that He what? He gave. The principle of His kingdom is giving, but and I, and I want to say it like this. The greatest expression of love is that, giving. God so loved that He gave. The greatest expression of love is to give. And it's all through Scripture. And when Paul said that in talking about the financial gifts that the church at Corinth brought to him, his focus was on the fact that first they gave of themselves. First they were open and willing to give of themselves to advance the kingdom of God. That's why, that's why their seeds in sowing into him were so precious. 
because they had given of themselves. They weren't giving to him so that, you know, I want to I be Paul's right-hand man, so I'm going to give him some big offerings. I want to be this thing or that. No, 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 no. Paul saw that they gave of themselves first. God so loved that he gave. The more I find out how much God loved me, the more it opens me up to be a giver, not a taker. Looking for opportunities to give and to sow, not looking for opportunities for people to do something for me. God so loved that he gave. Love's greatest expression is always giving. That's the principle of the kingdom. Can you say amen? Amen. Because when my wife and I, we've been married... 42 years this year. In August, it'll be 42 years. And um, when we first got married, she was 19 and I was 20. And I had been saved just long enough to be dangerous. About less than two years. And I, you know, It was just a miracle that she married me. But I want to say this right, but I came into the marriage wanting something from her. I wanted her to love me. And a lot of times, people's expression of what love is, is centered around what you can do for me. I want you to, I'm giving that to you the best that I can without going into any more details about it at the moment because I need to move on, but I want you to think about that. God so loved, He gave. God didn't come and say, well, let's see. Let's line up a hundred of these humans and let's see if any of them are worth dying for. Not even. In spite of your and I's mistakes and the things that we've done, He died for us because He loved us so much. So the more I understand how much He loved me, the more forgiving I am and then the less demanding I am for what other people do for me. Now, my expectation from mankind is way down here. <laughs> my expectation from God is way up here. God never lets down. People will always, in some way or another, somebody's going to let you down. He will never let you down. So think about that as I finish these few verses of Scripture. Matthew 11 and verse 28. Come to me, Jesus said. So what did he tell us to do? He told us to do something, and coming to him, seeking his kingdom first, is our responsibility. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and... I will, what did it say? Give you rest. Right there? 
the principle of the kingdom. If you will sow your life into coming to me, understanding me, understanding the way I think and I operate, I will give you rest. Now listen to me. It's not him watching every little thing you do. It's already set up. The kingdom's already set up and in motion. You you take a step toward him, he takes about three toward you. You take another step toward him, maybe five toward you. It's not one for one. I mean, when his blessing comes on you and overtakes you, you just got to be acting like you're moving in that direction and he comes toward you because he loves you so much. The more I know how much he loves me, the more I live my life to give. Not thinking just about me and my little world, but thinking about the people's lives. When I got that, when I got that testimony this week of that friend of mine's father for seven years, you'll reap if you don't quit. I have prayed for that man with a passion for seven years every single day. I'm not saying that about me. It's not, I don't get credit for that. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when you know that the word works, you can do so much more for people. When you know it works, when there's no doubt about it, and you know that it works, you can be so ready to give your life to help other people. There's no end to what can be produced. There's no end. Matthew 16 and 19, and I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of, the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. You kind of see this in a back, in a, in a, in a back way. If you will, what he's saying in this verse, if you read the verses before, if you'll seek my righteousness and my way of thinking and operating, if you'll seek me, I will give you the authority on this earth to bind and loose. But I can't, the authority can't come to you if you don't know how I think and operate. If you don't know how I operate, how does he operate? What's the kingdom principle? He so loves, he gives. So what I realized was, when I came into the kingdom wanting my wife to love me, wanting other people, and if other people didn't do certain things, then I I kept you like this at bay. About 20 years into our marriage, I made a supernatural transformation having to deal with a lot of issues toward family members. She mentioned my mom up here. I had a lot of issues with my mom when I was younger. I had to make up my mind that I was going to learn how to love and so love. And I, I began to do that by understanding how much he loved me. You'd think after 20 years of being born again that you'd understand how much God truly loved you. But it's a process. And so for the last 20 plus years, I've been practicing and developing how to walk in love so I can live my life to give and not to be a taker. And when you live that way, 
then you have something to give to other people and other people's lives get changed and transformed. That, listen, the devil doesn't really matter. He doesn't really care whether people go to heaven or hell. He just wants you to not live in kingdom principles here. That's what the enemy's after. All of his lies. He has no power. He was defeated at Calvary. He was stripped of all the authority that he had had. It's all been removed. Now he operates by deception. He operates on the fact that people don't really know how much God loves them. And, and, and people don't know kingdom principles, God's way of thinking and operating and doing in the earth. Because once you tap that, if you just don't quit, hmm, there's no end to what can happen. And, and all of a sudden, life isn't about you. The, one of the greatest revelations I've ever got is the world is not centered around me. It's not centered around me. It's centered around him. <laughs> and you know what? You can even have a false humility attitude where you don't take recognition for things that you're doing. You know, well, you know, I don't want to take that. You know, it really wasn't me, but yet behind the scenes, you're, you're wanting everybody to pat you on the back. And see, we got to get rid of that kind of mess, but we got to be real about our humility and that it's, we, we know. Listen, I prayed seven years. That man came to pass. Were other people praying? Absolutely. Who gets to take the credit? God and God alone. I wouldn't have known how to pray without what Jesus did and the word that I was taught. I wouldn't have known how to pray. I can't take credit for anything. But I can tell you I did it. And I'm doing it even more. And more people are coming into the kingdom. I mean, I, I got five other testimonials of this week of things happening in people's lives. Supernaturally, they're happening. We're living in the greatest time that the world has ever known. And the key to our success is thinking and operating and doing as God does. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> so I want to read this passage. Just I'm going to read to you about eight verses of Scripture out of Galatians. <clears throat> and I want you to think about this today as we, as we end, end the, this message today here. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Verse 13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. The principle of the kingdom. When you serve and you give out of love, it produces everything God says. It's not just our actions. It's not just going through the motions of doing something. It's going through the motions, but developing a belief system so that what I believe is really truly going to happen and come to pass, because it does. Verse 16, I say then, Paul says to the church here at Galatia, he said, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said in verse 13, don't use 
the opportunity of liberty that Christ has paid for for you, for your flesh. Don't use it for an opportunity for the flesh, but through the love of God, through developing the love and understanding of God's way of thinking and operating, serve people, give. Live your life to give. First, learn to give of yourself. Then everything that you do monetarily or any other way will produce the same results because you've given of your heart. He said, then walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Verse 19, and I'm going to read here through verse 26 and I'll, I'll be done with this. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, meaning you can add whatever you want to in there, of which, I've, of which I tell you beforehand. I want you, to, I want you to grab this this morning. I want you to grab this. He said, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past. Now, this letter of Paul's to the church at Galatia, this chapter 6 was the result of his second journey to the region of Galatia. And in his second journey, he's writing to them because he had brought the word to them and established them in certain things, and then they gave in to deception and found themselves doing and operating in ways that they shouldn't. And he's realizing that, and he's realizing they have to be taught and developed. And he's come back to them. He's not writing them off because they've had some more issues and stuff. He's not writing them off. Never write anybody off. If you write someone off, then you need to be written off. Jesus died for everybody one time, and I'm telling you, his mercy and his grace are never ending. Never ending. But he comes to this place where he says to them, watch this, just as I also told you in time past, the last time in my, in my first journey with you, that those who practice such things, he didn't say those who have any of these or are struggling with them or are working through them or anything. He didn't say that. He said those who practice. When you're practicing something, you're doing it on purpose. Watch this. Those who practice these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because what you need to be practicing are the next things. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, number one, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there's no law. There's no limit to how much you can love people. There's no limit to how much joy you can walk in, how much peace you can have. There's no limit to how much self-control you can operate in in your life. No limit. So what we need to be practicing every day in our lives is the kingdom principles. Learning to love. Learning from His Word, how to believe His Word. 
learning. You know, how, how would you practice, just looking at some of these, how would you practice joy and peace? I know because I've done it, and I continue to do it. So, here's me on a rough day. So, I'm going to walk around with a kind of, kind of hunched over and kind of a frown. Maybe somebody will notice. What's wrong? Uh, you know. No. You know how you practice? Faking it until it becomes real. Put a smile on your face. You know what will happen? Over time, joy will fill your heart. You know why? The smile is not, is not the answer. The smile is the beginning. The answer comes when my mouth doesn't have to report, well, I just had a rough day. I'm really tired, frustrated. Don't say those kind of things. Don't worry. Don't put stress and pressure and all that kind of stuff out there by the things that you say. But when you say what God's Word says is true, and you declare those things, you put a smile, you're practicing peace and joy. You practice long-suffering by, by, and patience by being patient when you have the opportunity to be impatient, like at a stoplight. Man, who, who set these ridiculous stoplights? Look at me. You know, probably an extra 15 seconds went by and you just lost it. We're not supposed to say those things. That's how you practice, by learning not to say it. Yeah, but, you know, Pastor, I did anyway. Okay, repent. Father, I shouldn't have said that. Help me. Holy Spirit, show me. Bring, a, bring an, an awareness to me when I get in those kind of situations. Thank you that your word is true to me. I don't have to get frustrated and, you know, flip somebody off because they cut me off in traffic. I can just back off and realize, okay, go. You, you, you must need to be somewhere, you know, a whole lot sooner than me. And just have a good attitude. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> there have been many times when I didn't have a good attitude. Hmm? Somebody... Um, who was it that told the story? Yeah. Oh, Yvette, yes. Yeah, she told the story at the little circle prayer we have about, did, you, did I cut you off or you cut me off? Or... Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, I'm telling you, there, there have been times when that kind of situation would happen, boom, I would pull up beside the car. He said, well, man, you're a, you're a pastor. Sorry. Uh, you know, that just irritates the crud out of me, and, I, you know, and that, that's what would happen. But I've learned. We back off. You back off. You don't do those kind of things because, uh, hey, Pastor Bert. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then, then you got to fake it. No. Be prepared beforehand. Practice every day. Practice. Notice in here, he's talking about those who practice those things, of the ugly things, you're not going to think like God. But when you start practicing the other things, you'll start thinking like God and learn to be on the receiving end of everything that the kingdom of God has for you. Can you say amen to that today? Woo! Man, I feel like I could preach for two more hours. But I'm not. I'm telling you, God is good. His way of thinking and doing 
is where it's at. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen? Where would we be? I'm, I'm telling you, in, in the state of this planet, if we didn't have the Holy Spirit, we're up a creek without a paddle. But with the Holy Spirit, we have the answers for everything. We just have to learn to listen and not be moved by what we see and hear and all those kind of things. God is greater.